0: Talking Home Renovations with a Housemaven is part of designnetwork.org, exclusive architecture and design podcasts reaching creative listeners worldwide. Hello and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with a Housemaven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I'm an architect and I practice in eastern Massachusetts. My projects consist of additions and renovations to existing homes And I started this podcast as a way to help homeowners learn what they could about home renovations before starting. I think if you have never done a home renovation before, there is a lot to be nervous about or people that are nervous about these things that, um, you know, aren't mysteries. We have certain pitfalls that can be avoided if you know about them. And so I enjoy talking to people about their home renovations, getting the stories. People love their houses. I love to hear about their houses. I also spend a lot of time talking to other architects, um, contractors, vendors. So there's a lot of useful information if you look through the back catalog and on my website. I have lists of different types. So if you want to listen to all of the architect episodes, for example, you could do that on there, or the contractor episodes, or whatever. But Sometimes people write to me asking me for certain topics and a listener wrote to me requesting an episode on design build. So what is design build? What are the advantages of design build versus the bid model? Design build is where you hire one firm to take care of the design and the construction. Whereas in my world anyway, the bid model is where a homeowner hires me, the architect, and then we put out the project to bid after I have designed their renovation. And drawn it up and everything. And so I have come to dread the bid model, honestly. And I try to um, only work with clients who have already hired their builder before they hire me. So that the builder and I can go through the design process as a team. And anyway, to get a different perspective than my own, I decided to ask um, local design builder Peter Feynman to come on the show and to talk about his experience and perspective on the design build model. Peter's a mentor to many, and I'm grateful to have him on the show. Here he is.
1: Well, I'm Peter Feynman. I own Feynman Inc. We're 34 years old this July, and I've been doing design build since the early 90s and really perfected. I was doing design build when only one or two other people were doing it in the greater Boston area. There were like three of us doing it, maybe two. Um, yeah, there were three, actually, including myself. And uh, it simply has changed, you know, I think the fact that some of us were into design build back in the early 90s and began to build the model has created a lot of different versions of design build. Uh, but clearly the design build kind of uh, concept that really took hold over the last 30 years And I think I'm one of the people who helped led that. And I think a lot of people saw what we were doing, how successful we are at it. And they say, God, it's got to be better than what I'm doing, kind of bidding on jobs and wasting my time bidding on jobs and being, you know, bidding on jobs to do a race to the bottom for pricing and then being yelled at by clients when the job doesn't work out right because you priced it low and you didn't plan it and you didn't organize it and you didn't think about it. You just got it because of the right price. So for me, the design build model was really a great way of establishing a foundation for how do I best serve my client? And we best serve our clients by controlling the design. And then because we control the design, we actually are able to plan the project well And because we're able to plan the project well, we're able to have less things that are unpredictable happen on the project. And so at the end of the day, we have very few clients that are unhappy, or better said, we have a lot of clients that are very happy with what we do. And we're also able to maintain profitability so that we can continue to do it well. So it was a a aha moment for me in 1991, 92, when I said, ha, there has to be a better way of doing this my funny story was like 1989 I was on the third floor of staging on a house in Cambridge and an architect was up there with me and he was showing me on his plans that there was a line that I missed on the crown molding so I had to take apart the crown molding and add another molding I actually wanted to throw him off the staging
0: <laughs> I don't blame him.
1: And I remember feeling that really strongly, not strong enough to throw him off the staging, but the feeling that I wanted to throw him off the staging, because he showed me that there was a line that I missed, and now I was going to have to redo 40 feet in the air this crown molding on the exterior gable of the house. Mm. And so when design build came to me, I said, there has to be a better way than wanting to throw the architect off the staging. <laughs> And that was my moment in 1989. And then when the opportunity in 1991 of doing design build, I partnered it up with a local designer here in the Boston area. And I, we started building the design build concept and, um, you know, that's been the foundation of our, my business ever since.
0: Okay. So you obviously feel strongly that design build is the best way to serve your client. What would you say there, are there any disadvantages to design build? Well, I think,
1: I say that you don't hear a lot about this in the industry. I actually think there are two groups of design build. There are build designers, design builders. Most practitioners out there are build designers. They're builders who have a design sense and they do fairly, you know, more simple projects because they can solve the problem with the the client, the broad design ideas with the clients. I think that's very different than design build, which to me. Should almost border on architect build. Oh, I can't say the word architect because I'm not an architect. So I've learned to use the word design build, not architect build. Mm. Um, so the the you know the, the concept is you've got to be able to execute good design.
0: Yeah, and I think
1: the downside is there's some build designers don't execute good design. Mm. The exercise, they know how to kind of get the project built, but they don't really help the client. And then you come back and you look at the job a year later or two years later, and you can see where it was a. When I, when I walk into a house and I look around, who designed this? Oh, I worked closely with my builder in whatever year it was. I go, mm, yep, can see that. Now I can <laughs> see details and elements. Look, I've also seen bad design by architects, right? I mean, mean, uh, good design. If you have a good designer, there are a lot of good architects out there who do good design. There are also some good architects who sometimes do bad design, right? Right. I mean, some bad architects. So you know, it all runs the gamut here, right? Uh, Right. So, but I actually, I think, I think it's really important to make sure that if you execute design, build you have to have to you have to be able to execute a team that delivers on good design and the real challenge is that how do you actually team with outside design professionals to ensure that you are doing design build but in a way in which you achieve the goals of good design good planning happy client good profits so that you can do it again and again and again i mean the whole purpose of profit is so that you can keep on hiring good people and And do good things so you can keep serving clients so you don't make a profit at some point you either burn out you burn out or you just quit because you're tired of not making enough money yeah so i I think it's really important to make sure that so i think the real challenge is how do you team up with an art whether it's in-house or kind of collaborative efforts to team up with a good design team architect architecture designer kitchen designer interior designer and then what is the foundation for that relationship and i think the place where I feel pretty strongly, and some people might think it's a bit radical, that I've, I've always said in the design build model, I find must be the boss of the design team. Now, a lot of architects don't want to do that, right? Yeah. They don't want to share. The, I don't believe you can share. I think there needs to be who's on first. Right. but well, How do we collaborate together? Now, you're on first on Mondays and I'm on first on Tuesdays because what happens <laughs> is the egos are going to rise to the top. Right. And then there's going to be a triangulation between the builder, the architect, and the client or the architectural designer and the client. And ultimately, the architectural designer tends to win because they are more white collar professional than the builder is in, in theory and, and, and quite often, not always the case. Um, and i think that's a model for a mess so i think it really has to be clear who's on first so i've worked with a lot of architects where i said you're really second to me but we're going to give you a tremendous opportunity to design and to sell your ideas and to collaborate but if i ultimately say i the builder you know could be anybody myself we're not doing this because the architect has to take a second position. We've had many designs in which some of my architects don't like the direction where the design went after the initial concept, but it still ultimately was what the client wanted and was built well and designed well, maybe not to the original vision.
0: Right. So do you mean that you're in charge, meaning that if uh, the architect is working for you, so presents the designs to you and you say, yes, we'll do this, or no, we won't do this, or I want to do it differently. So you're kind of like the... It goes through you first and then present it to the client. Is that the idea?
1: The idea, it was, it's the old long, old hardy, who's on first? I say that all the time. Who's on first here? Meaning who's, who's in charge? You know, that doesn't mean you have to be kind of autocratic in being in charge. You could be collaborative and work well with others. So I think it's really important to say, I like your design. I'm a little concerned about... Some of the cost elements, I'm concerned about whether or not I can really build this. Is there another way for us to approach this? So it's taking a collaborative approach, but ultimately the buck stops in our company with the builder, the project manager. They're the one ultimately in charge. Yeah. our architecture design team understands that. Not, that doesn't mean they're always happy. Mm-hmm. But then again, I've got project managers who are unhappy someday that the client bought a nicer design than what the budget was allocating. So it is a, a healthy tug and pull. Ultimately, it's got to be a good collaboration. right? right? Um, my experience is um, I've worked with some architects over the decades that collaborate well, some not. I find the interior designers by nature have never been great collaborators. They have a very strong <laughs> opinion.
0: No comment uh, from me on that one. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, um, and so I've, I don't, you know, I had a great story about uh, 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago. I was working for the great granddaughter of a very famous president. And at some point, the family interior designer showed up. Okay. Right, these were people of means, right? um and that interior designer basically discarded everything we were doing and and i basically called the client and said make a choice we stop and we'll walk or we take over and i'm happy to collaborate with your interior designer but they're not the boss here and ultimately that client had a timetable and liked our designs well enough that the interior designer then provided you know, kind of color palette, but no more, nothing else. They were changing the space planning and the layouts and this and that. And, and I'll never forget getting on the phone with the owner of the firm. And she treated me like I was four
0: right?
1: mm. and I was incredibly insulted, but I set a boundary saying I'm not interested. And so it's a good story of, of the family interior designing, showing up totally disregarding what we did and then trying to take over. And I basically said, that's not happening. And they provided a color palette. That's what they did. I was very appreciative. They gave us a good color palette, but that's all they did. Never heard of them again. But influenced the way, way around. They provided very nice furnishings when the job was done. It was nice to photograph.
0: So that worked out well.
1: But if I didn't set the boundary, who knows what would have happened.
0: Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. It's similar to a band. Like there can't really be a democracy in a band. I feel like there has to be one person who ultimately makes the decisions and other people can have their opinions, but.
1: Yes. And I think not being autocratic is is important. I think mm-hmm. in collaborative and being less autocracy, more collaboration ultimately builds a, a good team.
0: Right. But in the end, there has to be one person who's in charge.
1: One person in charge and that person has to know how to work with people and cajole people and nudge them and I have to set a bound what I did with that client is I had to kind of put a strong boundary down yeah uh, with another interior designer I might not have had to put as strong as strong as a boundary down
0: yeah well you're good with boundaries though so that's that's, that's yeah. the good news so how can people tell what kind of design build firm they may or may not be hiring if they're looking for that model versus the go out to bid model how would they know if it's a good design-build firm, or if there's a designer involved, or what level of design is involved? That's a good question. I think
1: for people very price sensitive, they tend to buy a design-build model that will be more mediocre by nature, which is not bad if that model provides adequate renovations that are affordable and, and well done. I think that's an okay business model. I think you have to look at the person's work and say, do I like the work? And then also find out who were the players, right? Is it a different person in each job? Is it someone that's on their staff? Is it someone who's part of their team? I mean, if I was working with you and I go, oh, that was Catherine and Feynman and that was Catherine and Feynman, that was Catherine and Feynman. At some point they'd realize that Catherine and Feynman are working well together. And producing a nice design that seems to be consistent because I keep seeing Catherine and Feynman's designs on on Feynman's website. Right. Um, But if you see Catherine on Tuesday and Charlie on Wednesday and Tom on Thursday and someone else on Friday, then you can start saying, wait a second, who is your team here? And I think it's fair to push that. Mm. Teams do change. Right. Like there was a person I worked with many years ago and he was on running my sites and I haven't worked with him in, 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 22 years, but for six years, we worked all the time together. Yeah. Right. And that, that, you know, relationships will change. That's going to happen. Right. right? Um, so, um, so I think it's important to look at, does the builder know how to explain what they did and why do they have some architectural kind of understanding? I and mean, I can look at space and go, now, I looked at a house last week that was designed for a very creative architect, in local. I thought one view side of that addition is nicely done. I thought the other one was pretty horrible, but that's an opinion. The clients have been living in that space since two thousand and eight. They now want to renovate another part of their house, uh, <clears throat> and they've asked us. They're considering us for that design.
0: Hmm. What is the alternative? So when we, uh, we're, we're kind of talking about design build, but it's design build versus sending out your project well, to bid. it's complex
1: because if the architect is doing the design, which it really could be quite competent, they have to have a good relationship with the builder. Who's doing the selections? Who's helping with the tile? Who's helping with the faucets, right? Uh, who's helping work out the lighting? You know, at our firm, we've really tried to expand our design team so that we have five, six, seven people that are, fiddling in all of those things like you know we have a design that was done recently the client has some lighting questions about another part of the house i brought one of my kitchen designers over there and they're working out a design detail to get the lighting upgraded it's a complex space to to light and but i could have brought two three other people over there to help as well i chose this person just because i knew they had some availability
0: mm. When someone's thinking about doing a renovation and they think either I could, I could hire an architect and then look for a contractor or I could hire a design build firm, from the beginning.
1: It depends on the project, right? You do have people that will go to a kitchen company, design the cabinets and then look for a contractor to install the kitchen. And hopefully the cabinet company can help them with counters and lighting. And, and the client's going to have to do their own shopping for faucets and appliances and that's okay. I think it's about complexity of project. The least complex, the more different options you have out there. The mm. more complex, pay attention to the teams that are coming becoming available to you. Mm. We tend to do more complex projects. So we can offer the space planning, the architectural, the kitchen planning, the lighting selection, the fixture support, the appliance selection, the backsplash selection, the paint colors. We can do that because... Our clients coming to us for a complete package on that. But if it was just the kitchen change out, then going to the kitchen company is not necessarily a bad choice.
0: Right. Personally, I feel like as an architect, I much prefer to work with contractors. It doesn't always have to be the same contractor. But if a client has their contractor on board, then I, it's better for me because then we can work as a team going forward.
1: Yeah. So. And, you take, and I think you take a collaborative approach. Versus the people who have a very strong uh, opinion of what's right or wrong. I mean, I have architects who work for me now and over the years who tend to have strong architectural opinions. That doesn't mean we give them, we let them express their opinions. That doesn't mean we always execute right. on those opinions.
0: Yeah. I have opinions, but I, I also know that it's not my, I don't have to live in the house. So there are lots of other factors that go along with making their client happy, you know?
1: Okay. Now, if I was an architect, I'd really want to make sure to work with Builders have a sense of organization and the and, and a track record for execution. We do know that some builders are quite competent. And some overextend and some say yes, but they don't mean yes. And, yeah. and there are some that are micromanagers and watch over every detail. And some are well-run larger organizations that have a system for execution and collection of information and communication and project updates and making sure that information is just constantly being communicated so that we're minimizing the amount of things that clients are not happy with.
0: Yeah. It's pretty complex, actually, trying to find the right contractor.
1: It's a very complex thing. Yeah. No, I think actually, you know, I know that I've been blessed with a fairly high level executive function skill set. So my ability to organize complex elements and get them done is something that I've always done. Well, I've been doing it since I've been, kid so it it was you know i had obviously it's gotten more developed but if you're working with contractors that are more technically based but not necessarily good at organizing all parts and pieces it gets more complex then the 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 team members the architectural design team starts feeling like they have to do some of the organizing Mm. to make sure that the builder how do you support the builder right the builder might be really good but are they organized well if they're not organized how do you help them stay organized so that they're not always saying yes, but always in a reactive position to things that you wish they would have thought ahead of time. What is the, does, does the builder have some basic systems. Does the builder have a system for developing a good solid collection of information so that they've had a chance to analyze the project before they actually build it? Meaning, have many of the subcontractors walked through the house? Is there a written specification? that the subcontractor has followed has because you want that plumber the electrician and painter and, and and people to be walking through the house because they're going to notice things that you might not if you just do it off of price it off of plans so is there a system for specification development is there a really good solid contract that aligns to plans that really are, kind of make the job more predictable Is the contract have a system for ordering product ahead of time and making sure clients are signing off on what they're ordering? And, and, you know, it could be as much as the color of the window handle, right? Right. (laughs) The type of the window screen. Um, Is there a system for weekly meetings and written weekly notes so that those are followed? Is there a system for the client to know what's happening in the upcoming weeks? What is required of them in one week or four weeks that's going to, Kind of impact the critical path. Mm. The last thing the client wants to hear is, "Oh, painters coming next week. I need paint colors." Really, yep. you just gave me one week's notice on paint colors. Have you guys chosen backsplash tile yet? Well, yeah. Think about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's it's dropping stuff ahead on clients without giving them enough time, and then this crisis occurs. Yeah, and then anxious people get anxious and they get frustrated, <clears throat> and they say, "Why did you give me enough time to ahead of time?"
0: Yeah. So then how can someone find out, is it checking the references to really learn how it is working with the contractor and asking them these particular questions?
1: I think less references are less important than really what does, can the contractor give you kind of systems written down. Yeah. We're successful because we can do the following.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if they have yeah. the systems in place, they should be able to describe them. Describe
1: them or at least have them checklists. We have these, Top five, seven, five to seven to 10 things that we are always doing in our job so that we are staying ahead of the client. Not perfect, but better than, per- better than the, the, you know, in a reactive mode. Yeah. Design build was my entree to being paid for planning. And because I get paid for planning, I have time from the client's pocketbook to walk through and analyze many elements of the job so that when the job starts... I have able to uncover as many possible things as I can so the job runs more smoothly. But when you put your contractors in a position of doing a free estimate, then they're getting all the things that come with free, mm-hmm. which tends to mean less. Right. And as someone said to me many years ago the more thorough the estimate, the higher the price. So the BIN model actually says let's not be thorough, let's get the best price. Yeah. And I think that's a terrible model for client delivery, for service delivery. Right. Right? The client who expects to push a button on Amazon and have something delivered is trying to get a low price on the bill, uh, the lowest price. Okay, I actually think everybody should get paid for their planning. I do too. I actually think 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever it is, pay me for my planning. If I get the job, I'll apply the planning to the job. And when I don't even design a job, like I had one last year, client came to us the builder really screwed up he says i want to do this job i said look i'll charge you 1500 bucks of planning he gave it to me we did the job it was a dollars project It had already had some plans done by someone else all we had to do at that point was kind of <clears throat> it was like you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't full renovation It was a lot of windows and and lighting and painting and some other miscellaneous projects and it was easy just to price it but we wanted to make sure that we understood it yeah And by charging for the $1,500, we gave us an opportunity to plan it and think about it. And then we were able to execute it pretty fast. They had a timeline. They had a baby due in the spring. This was the spring of 2020. And um, they contacted me like in September or October of 2019 and wanted to get going in January, which we were able to do, but only because they gave us a retainer, Mm. a planning contract, basically, that says, I'm going to analyze this. You know, I had one recently. We approached a guy who had a complex deck on a garage. And we were going to say, oh, by the way, we're very happy. This is an old past client. Did a job for them 20 years ago. Said, you know, we would charge you to price this. And the day of the meeting to come over there and look at the job, they said, you know, I'm getting free estimates. No, thanks. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, so let that us, was the end of that. Let them get us free estimates. Good luck.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, I agree with you. The free the free comes with everything you'd expect. <laughs> For
1: free. Design Build has given me the entree. And now, basically, we also plan planning planning contracts to non-design. We have two groups of projects. We have our design projects, and we have our non-design projects, generally smaller, kind of repair, fixing, you know, the rear deck and the front porch maybe needs to be upgraded. And we we charge a planning fee for everything, and we lose jobs because they don't want to give us a planning fee. Mm -hmm. And I'm very comfortable with that simply – Because the planning, the trick here is planning. If you plan and you really bring your professionals through the job and get their opinion, they're always going to say, whoa, 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 that footing doesn't look good, Peter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I definitely think you're going to have to redo that footing. Mm -hmm. And if not do the footing, at least tell the client, I'm not going to redo the footings, but if I have to, that's going to charge you $3,000. I'm making up a number here. Yeah. Right? And the worst part is going to the client a client who took part of the deck today and the footings need to be replaced well why did you know that well I couldn't really tell uh, I'm not paying for you to redo those footings but if you hand your, your mason out there ahead of time
0: yeah.
1: he or she might have said you know, those footings don't look that good you see how they're leaning mm-hmm. and you might go oh well, yeah I didn't see that thanks so now at least you can let the client know that there is a possible change order coming
0: Yeah, more complete information
1: yeah. And that's what it is. It's information. The design build model gave me the opportunity to get more complete information separate from the opportunity to execute designs that I thought would be better serve my clients.
0: Because
1: mm. you know, I've also seen designs done that are over the top and I'm going, what's the logic of this thing here? Or just bad designs. We're going, really? You're, you're a designer? <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, there are all types out there. And um, you know, or people with very strong sense of themselves, and they're not going to collaborate. They're just they're looking for you to be there. Um, you know, they're pawn in the game to fulfill yeah. their vision.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess you don't bid out. You don't ever do any bidding anymore. I
1: don't any bidding? I yep. remember in the early years, and maybe the nineties or the two thousand decade, I would always try. I remember trying to do kind of broad budgeting, but I always lost a job to the guy who did the free bid. And so now the attitude is: we pay for it, we charge for this, and here's why we think we are better served. And if that, if you think you can get it free and do better, then well, we wish you the best of luck. And, yep. and and you know, and so we're able to maintain you know our reputation because we're not taking on those jobs. So um, I think design, build, planning contracts, being paid for. Understanding a project is really the way for clients to be better served, and clients are more demanding today. Hmm. With the internet and with the, they, they have higher, higher demands. I expect nicer, and nicer, and then they're using an old model that says, "Hey, give me a free estimate." And then they're wondering why, you know, or the biggest gate joke of the business: "If we're going to get a job started fast, and we had a call about a month ago, we've demoed our kitchen, and now we need a design."
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and not, a, not a good story.
0: Yeah, you jumped on that one.
1: Uh, we said no, thank
0: you. <laughs> How can people find you? Well, you just go
1: to our best, well, we are on Instagram. Um, best place is really just go to our website, and that takes you to everything you need to know about Feynman. Feynman.com, F-E-I-N-M-A-N-N. Okay. You know.
0: I'll put that and in there, the show we're, notes. We're, if you just
1: Google Design Build Lexington, will pop up.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you will. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's, it's nice um, to talk to you.
1: Good. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Catherine.
0: Thanks again to Peter for sharing your expertise, and thanks to you for listening. I hope that sheds some light on design build, what it means, and what to look for when hiring a design build firm if you decide to go that route. The episode enhancements for this show and other episodes can be found on my website, www.talkinghomerenovations.com. I'm working on getting the transcripts finished for all shows, and some of them are there already, so check those out. Uh, you can sign up for getting the episode enhancements sent straight to your mailbox each Wednesday morning so that you don't miss any of the photos or other information that goes along with the stories. There's a link in the show notes to sign up for that, also on my website. So if you have an idea for an episode or any other message you'd like to send me, you could write to me at HouseMaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Or you can get in touch with me through Facebook or Instagram, where I'm talking home renovations in both those places. On TikTok, I'm the house maven. And Twitter, okay, I barely ever post there, and I'm trying to make that a habit. But if you're on Twitter, reach out to me talking home reno, just talking home reno, because they only allow so many letters over there. So I do love hearing from my listeners. And of course, if you like the show, if you could leave a rating, I guess that helps something. Anyway, I'd appreciate that. And one of my big projects that I'm working on right now is setting up a mastermind group. And it's going to be starting probably the end of the summer. And it's for people who are starting a renovation and they want to be in the company of other homeowners who are also going through the same thing. um, It's basically like forming a little community of maybe like eight or nine other people. And I'll be there um, in each of the mastermind groups to kind of help answer questions and ease people's fears or whatever might be the issue. Uh, So send me an email if you're interested in that, if you want some more information. I'm um, finalizing those details. So if you are in Massachusetts, I can help you. Also, if you have design questions through my Ask an Architect Design Helpline. It's an hour on Zoom to answer any questions you might have about your designs or renovations. So I'm happy to help. So this podcast has been a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects. I'll be back next week with a renovation story from Indiana. And until then, take care.